When hardship is staring you in the face, it's hard not to complain. But looking at it through a God lens truly does change your perspective. Today, Jill Briscoe shares part two of her message, Keeping the Home Fires Burning, about staying in love with and on fire for God. Jill tells us more in just a moment. Your generous support keeps broadcasts like this one today going out around the world so you and others can experience life through the teaching and resources of telling the truth. And to thank you for your gift today, we'll send you Stuart and Jill's powerful new five-message series, Fighting Unseen Forces. It's all about how you can live victoriously and win the battles against your spiritual enemy when you stand in Christ and the power of His Spirit. So call today to request your copy, 1-800-889-5388. That's 1-800-889-5388, or you can give online at tellingthetruth.org. Now, with part two of her message, Keeping the Home Fires Burning, it's Jill Briscoe. It is when the Holy Spirit ignites our hearts that we are more than enlightened to the truths of the Christian gospel. We are lit for him and the fire begins to burn. His to light us, ours to keep the fire burning. Lighting the fire. Secondly, losing the fire. Now, these children of Israel had lost the fire. And you know, some of them didn't even know it. I think of Ezekiel preaching his gospel to the children of Israel. And he said, you don't even know it, but the cloud's gone. And he'd had this wonderful vision The door had opened into heaven and Ezekiel had seen the temple and he'd seen the priests doing their thing and he'd seen the sacrifices being made and he'd seen the people coming to worship and he'd seen the robes and he'd seen all of this. He didn't see the cloud. And then he saw that the cloud had risen from the temple and in that long vision, it's a long chapter, he sees the cloud depart so many meters away, and then so many meters away, and then so many meters away. And what's happening in the temple? Business as usual. Priests are doing their thing. People are bringing the sacrifices, and they don't know the cloud's gone. They don't know the cloud's gone. They don't know the fire isn't there anymore. And there is nothing worse than religion like that just goes on doing its thing, the ritual without the reality. Somewhere along the line, the people had lost it. Now, they'd had it in Exodus chapter 19, verse 8. Moses goes back, summons the elders of the people, sets before them all the words of the Lord that he's commanded him to speak. The people all responded together, we will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking and will put their trust in you. God is vindicating Moses and the cloud, which was the aura of God's presence, the accompanying glory, was always around Moses. I mean, can you imagine a man that in touch with God? And people could see this See this happening? But somewhere along the way, they had lost this obedience. They had lost the possibility of being around the cloud because Moses was among them and the cloud was around him. And they enjoyed some of that reflected glory. 
And of course, we know where they lost it. But they didn't know they'd lost it. For 40 years, they wandered around saying, what's the matter? Why aren't we in Canaan? Well, they were being disobedient. They had not kept the words that Moses had brought to them from God. And it is possible for all of us not to know the fire needs stirring and just to go on because it's so easy to do the task. Well, we've got to do it. We've got to teach the Bible study. We've got to sing in the choir. We've got to help the poor. And so we do, 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 do. And we don't know the cloud is gone. I remember a very favorite preacher of mine talking about this. He's a wonderful preacher. I've listened to him many times. It's possible, he said, it's very easy for us to be so concerned about homiletical ability and fluency and theological profundity and biblical accuracy, but for God to say, preach on, great preacher, without me. Campbell Morgan, preach on, great preacher, without me. It can happen to leaders, it can happen to preachers, it can happen to teachers, it can happen to choir members and to soloists, it can happen to people that are doing relief work, it can happen to the, quote, ordinary person in the pew who doesn't even know the cloud is gone. They had had it and they lost it. Now, there are three main reasons, as I studied the book of Exodus in a quick study a couple of weeks ago, three main reasons, and I'm going to give you the context so you can write these down. Numbers 11, verse 1. The people grumbled about their hardships. The people grumbled about their hardships, and they lost the fire. Now, you're going to lose the fire if you grumble. Now, you know you're going to lose the fire if you do something overtly sinful. But the reason the children of Israel lost the fire was they grumbled. They complained. What did they complain about? Their hardships. Do you complain about your hardships? Or do you say, this is the will of God for me? Do you have somebody giving you a hard time in your life? Have you been able to look at that person and say, this person who's giving me a hard time in my life is the will of God for me? Or do you complain about it? Do you grumble about it? And it says in Numbers 11 verse 1, they grumbled about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. Listen, folks, it's always in the hearing of the Lord. There isn't one grumble he doesn't hear. All through the Exodus, they're mumbling and grumbling as if they don't want God to hear. (laughs) Mumble, 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 grumble, grumble, grumble. Nothing very big. It's just grumbling, griping, complaining about their hardships. You might have lost the fire because you grumbled about your hardships. Verse 4, they were wailing. Well, they quit grumbling and they got a bit louder. And verse 10, the Lord became exceedingly angry. Isn't this interesting what we're seeing, a side of the character of the righteousness of God today? In Revelation, you make me sick. Here in Exodus, his people redeemed by his hand that he was to give his son to die for. He became exceedingly angry with them. Why? Because they grumbled and complained about their hardships in his hearing. Secondly, Numbers 12, they criticized leaders. You're going to lose the fire if you criticize your leaders. That'll dampen the embers. And the story was that Moses took another wife, took a black woman, an Ethiopian. And Aaron and Miriam didn't appreciate it. And they said to each other, in the hearing of the Lord, of course, probably they were absolutely by themselves, 
but they began to complain and grumble about Moses' behavior. They criticized their brother for marrying this lady. And God didn't appreciate it. And the anger of the Lord burned against them, and he left them. Now we're talking about Moses, Aaron, and Miriam in this relational problem, family problem that has come. And God says to them in Numbers, how dare you do this? How dare you criticize this man? When a prophet of the Lord is among you, I reveal myself to him visions, speak to him in dreams. This isn't true of my servant Moses. He's faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord burned against them, and he left them. And when the cloud lifted from above the tent, there stood Miriam, leprous. Like snow. When we criticize our leaders, that's how God sees us a leper. And if God dealt with us <laughs> like He dealt with Miriam, we'd probably have a leper's support group meeting, or maybe it would be too big to be a support group. Do you criticize your leaders? Do you pray for your leaders? Isn't it interesting why he left them? Why they lost the fire? Why the cloud departed? And thirdly, they refused to trust God. How long, says God, will the people treat me with contempt? Isn't that interesting? Not to trust God to bring you through the wilderness, not to trust God to keep you up when you're down is contempt. And it makes him mad. Makes him angry provokes him. And in the book of Hebrews, I want to explain why he's so angry, why God is so mad with us when we don't keep the home fires burning. Hebrews chapter 3, using this as a picture, verse 7, the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert where your fathers tested and tried me for 40 years, saw what I did, that is why I was angry with that generation. And I said, their hearts are always going astray. They've not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And they didn't. Not one of them, save Caleb and Joshua, not even Moses, entered the promised land. Not one person of that generation that came out of Egypt, save Caleb and Joshua, entered the promised land this warning against unbelief. How do you keep your passion for God burning? That's the question Jill Briscoe is answering today on Telling the Truth. She'll be right back with more. Before that, let's hear from a listener in California named Sharon. She recently shared this note. Thank you so much for your ministry. I have grown so much and continue to learn from both of you as God continues using you for his purposes. Thank you, Sharon. That's the kind of blessing you can bring into people's lives through your gift of support today as you help share God's word around the world so more people can experience life through telling the truth. 
And when you give this month, we'd like to bless you with a copy of Stuart and Joel Briscoe's new five-message series, Fighting Unseen Forces. Every day, you're locked in a battle with your spiritual enemy, one that threatens your spiritual, emotional, and relational well-being. But you're not alone, and you're not without help. And in this powerful series, the Briscoes will show you, straight from God's Word, how you can live victoriously each day. You'll gain confidence in knowing that you'll never be overpowered in your spiritual battles as you discover that the fight's not even fair when you have Christ and His Spirit. Fighting Unseen Forces is our thanks for your gift to help more people experience life through the teaching resources of Telling the Truth. So request your copy when you call 1-800-889-5388. That's 1-800-889-5388. Or give online at tellingthetruth.org. Now, here's Jill with more about keeping the home fires burning. Not one person of that generation that came out of Egypt, save Caleb and Joshua, entered the promised land. This warning against unbelief. And then he goes on in chapter 4, Since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let's be careful that none of you should found to have fallen short of it, etc. Why is God angry? Because of what we're doing to ourselves. We can't enter into rest. We can't know the power of God. We can't know the victorious Christian life. We can't know the fire that burns and all the joy of that. Joy is the flame of the fire. We can't know it, and God loves us. So he's angry with us doing this to ourselves. They're not enjoying what I want them to do. They're not coming into Canaan, this picture of this promised, wonderful Christian life. They're going to die in their desert without me. God is concerned when we lose the fire because it robs us of the rest of faith, the living in Cana, the victorious Christian life. So, lighting the fire, losing the fire, stirring the fire. How did Joshua keep the home fires burning and how can I turn to Exodus chapter 33, verse 7. Now, Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. And anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. And whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to his tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Some wonderful little insights into Joshua. When he became Moses' aide, he was a young man, probably in his teenage or early 20s, a young man. He didn't leave the tent. Joshua got to go in with Moses. Joshua was always with Moses. He was with him on the mountain when he received the Ten Commandments. He helped carry them down the mountain. And now he goes into the tent. Moses leaves. Joshua can't. 
Because God, the cloud, the presence, the fire, the passion, the warmth, (laughs) they can't leave. How do you stir the fire? You pitch a tent outside the camp and you meet with God. You find a place to practice the presence of God. And you don't leave the tent. You don't leave the tent. And you wait until the cloud comes. Wait on the Lord. We rush into the tent. We rush out back to camp. (laughs) And the pillar of cloud is still about to descend on the tent and arrives after we've gone. Wait till the cloud comes. Wait till the Lord speaks. It's a habit I've made all my life. I get my knees, and I say, I'm not getting up until I hear your voice, until the cloud comes, until I know you've spoken to me. Don't leave the tent until he speaks to you face to face as a man speaks to his friend. He loves you. He wants to give you a word. And notice something here. It doesn't say Moses spoke with God face to face. Moses went in that tent and started saying, well, this is my problem. I've got a million people in the desert. How am I going to feed them? How am I going to look after them? I mean, you could have not blamed Moses for asking all those questions. He didn't go in and start to gab. It says God spoke to Moses face to face. God said this to Moses. It's far more important God speaks to you than you speak to him. How's the balance of your prayer and Bible study? Far more important that God speaks to you than you in prayer speak to him. Keep him in sight. Remember that little verses I told you about that the cloud took off? I think of Joshua and I think of Caleb, both young men, both the same age. Well, Joshua is a little older than Caleb, actually. Caleb was a very young man, but these, they were buddies, these two. Hearts burned together, brothers in God. And here they were, they'd had all this adventure, they'd seen the Egyptians drowned in the sea, they'd taken part in that incredible night when the whole nation left Egypt miraculously preserved. And they'd enjoyed lots and lots of things together. And they get into the desert and they start wandering around because they're not being obedient, they're not following God. And God says, now whenever the cloud is over the tent of meeting, it was over the tent of meeting first and then it was over the tabernacle for the tent of meeting was simply made bigger. And the tabernacle was made according to the pattern God gave Moses on the mountain. Whenever the cloud departed or lifted just above and set off into the desert, the Israelites were supposed to follow it. I have this picture in my mind of this cloud with little feet on, or this pillar of fire if he happened to move by night. And I can imagine Caleb's family and Joshua's family just getting the kids down. And Joshua going to the tent door and thinking, oh, we have been... 20 miles in the sand. Have you ever walked in sand with everything, with the kids, carrying the kids, carrying your goods, carrying the tent, trying to drive the animals, and the wind and no water? I mean, can you imagine? And they just get to a, a little oasis or somewhere where they can stop and they get unpacked and mother says, well, let's get the tent up and let's get the kids settled and they give them the little story and Joshua goes to the tent door and says, oh no, oh no what, says mother. It's taken off. Again, again, pack up, get ready. This is what happened. You never knew when the cloud was going to move. Sometimes it was a week, it says. Sometimes it was a day. Sometimes it was half a day. Sometimes it was at night. Sometimes it was in the morning. What was God teaching them? Obedience. 
Keep the cloud in sight, for the blessing of the children lies in the obedience of the parents, folks. And what we have to do, we have to follow the cloud. We have to keep our family around the presence of God. We have to be obedient. And how do we stir the fire? We hang around God. We hang around Moses. You find a godly person and you hang around them. You become their aide. You say, can I help you? He was aiding Moses. He wasn't just standing there watching this man of God. He said, I'll help you and help. He did. And that's one thing we can do to keep the fires going. And you can find a friend like Caleb who's got a heartbeat like yours. And you can hang around scripture. You can live it. You can learn it. You can love it. You can keep it in your heart. That, in the end, is what is going to keep the home fires burning. And you can burn on. Jill Briscoe and her message, Keeping the Home Fires Burning. In just a moment, she returns to wrap up today's broadcast with a final thought. Spiritual warfare is very real. And it's a war in which every Christian is engaged. The truth is, your spiritual enemy will stop at nothing to keep you from experiencing the abundant life God wants you to have in Christ. The good news is that through Christ and the power of His Spirit, you're a guaranteed victory. It's that encouragement that Stuart and Jill are excited to give you with their new five-message series, Fighting Unseen Forces. This powerful resource will encourage you with the comforting truth that you're not alone when it comes to spiritual warfare. As you grow in God's Word with this series, you'll gain clarity of purpose, courage for battle, and strength for each day. Fighting Unseen Forces is our way of thanking you for your gift to help more people around the world experience abundant life in Christ through the unchanging truth of God's Word. Simply request your copy of this series when you call today and give a gift to help keep the ministry of Tell Me the Truth going around the world. Call 1-800-889-5388. That's 1-800-889-5388 or give online at tellingthetruth.org. Now, here's Jill with one last insight. The end of Joshua's life is still burning on. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Last chapter of Joshua. It's the last thing he says to the children of Israel. Still doing it. And he says to the children of Israel, be wholehearted, be fiery, be on fire for God. Love him. And he hasn't missed a beat. He hasn't missed a beat. I cannot help thinking of the quote that Stuart read in church quite a while ago of the young pastor in Zimbabwe, Africa, following his martyrdom. And I want to finish with that. Because this, to me, is one young man that didn't have as much time as you and I have had already, probably. And yet he finished fiery on fire for God. I'm part of the fellowship of the unashamed. He'd just been martyred. This note was found on his desk. I have the Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I've stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of his. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away or be still. My past is redeemed. My presence makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, sight walking, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, worldly talking, cheap giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have right to be first 
tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean in his presence, walk by patience. I'm uplifted by prayer, and I labor with power. My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions are few. My guide is reliable. My mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the enemy, pander at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, let up, until I've stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, preached up for the cause of Christ. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till all know, and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he will have no problem recognizing me. My banner will be clear. That's passion. That's passion. Jill Briscoe closing out today's Telling the Truth and her message, Keeping the Home Fires Burning. We hope today's message encouraged you. Now, before we go, remember that when you give today to help keep Telling the Truth broadcasts like this one going out around the world, we'll send you Stuart and Jill Briscoe's new five-message series, Fighting Unseen Forces, to help you discover how you can live victoriously each day, knowing that with Christ and His Spirit, you're never alone. So call now to give and remember to request your copy of Fighting Unseen Forces with our thanks. 1-800-889-5388. 1-800-889-5388. Or you can give online at tellingthetruth.org. Wednesday, Jill looks at the story of Moses and teaches you how to follow God's will by not only saying, I can, but also, I will. Listen and experience life here on Telling the Truth.